I'm going to do some little bit of drawing today, hence the board behind me, um, just just a little bit. But um, today and, and over the next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking Corinthians, and we're going to go through the book, and we're going to start today at 1 Corinthians one eighteen, and then work our way just through the scriptures. Um, we'll look at 1 Corinthians 2, 3, 4, 5, just as as we journey through uh, because there is a picture that God paints through every book. But there's a specific picture here, and we're going to look at the wisdom of God. And we're going to look at how the wisdom of God unfolds or is to unfold in our lives. Um, and so uh, every sort of speaker will be speaking around this general theme and bringing to light what God's showing them through this. Um, and so... Um, if you take notes, take notes. I'd encourage you to have a listen um, because this is a powerful, powerful topic because as we're going to look at today, there are two wisdoms. There is the wisdom of God and there is the wisdom of the world. You could say the wisdom of the world <clears throat> is flesh. And so the wisdom of God is spirit and the wisdom of the world is flesh. And the challenge for you and I is what wisdom do we live our lives from? Do we live our lives from the wisdom of the world, the flesh, or do we live our lives from the wisdom of God, which is the spirit? And this is sort of the things we want to unpack. Um, before I get to that, I just want to paint just a slightly, just another picture as well, because part of the wrestle that we have with God is to wrestle and see, and I said this before, the future. To be able to see the picture of the finish line is critical to running the race now on the earth. If we can't see the picture of where we're going, we're really going nowhere. We're probably going round and round the mountain. And so we have to, as followers, we have to wrestle, and I've said this many times, but there's always two parts to his kingdom. There's the present and there's the future. There's law, there's grace. So you always get these two parts, and you have to bring the two parts together and walk in the middle. So it's a bit like the coin. The coin is double-sided. It has heads. It has tails. And the coin rolls best when you turn it up on its edge and you roll it. And it goes forever. And that's the narrow part of the coin, isn't it? Well, this is a narrow pathway. This life with Christ is a narrow pathway. It's a narrow walk. Life is in the narrow. But the narrow is actually wide. Once you find the narrow, there's extreme life of abundance. So we have to understand this and wrestle for the fact that the journey God has us on at the moment as a community is to be able to see the fact of we are to become his bride. Because as I said before, that promise for bond servants, I believe you could change that and put the bride, sons, priests, nation, bond servants, overcomers. So there is an incredible promise for us that's put in that word in the future. The bride of Christ to become her, to be to be wooed by her, to actually fall in love and have a reciprocal relationship, not just a one-way relationship where he loves us, but we go love everything else. You tracking with me? Then there's this thing called the millennial reign, the thousand-year reign of Christ, where a certain portion of people will return and reign with Christ for a thousand years on the planet. That's also a promise for those who are bondservants, who are seeking overcomers. 
It says the overcomer will sit next to Christ on his throne. There's another phenomenal promise for you and I, not to just have in our head, but to receive in our spirit. So when we receive that spirit, which is, sorry, that promise, which is in the future, but now the life of that promise stirs such a hunger and a power that my life gets realigned and I start living for him. You tracking? So I'm painting you a picture of what the church has been invited to. The greatest wedding party on the planet we've been invited to. And the third thing that we've been talking about is understanding the kingdom of God. Okay, so we've got the bride. You've got the millennial, the thousand-year reign. Then you've got understanding the kingdom of God. What actually is the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. So it's an internal, invisible, transformational work of the spirit that happens in the church. Not in a building, in the hearts and the minds of God's people. So we can give living testimony day after day, month after month, year after year, to the transformational work of the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can actually say, you know what? I love you more, Lord, than what I did six months ago. I love you more, one another, than I did six months ago. That I have this kingdom of God being built and established and formed within me. So those are three prophetic utterances for you and I to come into and to live from. Two-thirds of that is a future, but actually it's now. And one-third is fully now. And it will be the other third, the kingdom of God being established within you, as to whether you'll actually receive the other two now. So three things that are now present today. There's your big picture of what God has been doing here, trying to communicate for six years, if you've missed it. Now, here's the challenge for you and I, because the other side of the coin is, what do I require in me for that to be my reality? Because this is what we can't go and do, and this is what we're going to try and do, and we're trying to do, is we go, I want to figure out how I make that a reality. I want to figure out how I make that my reality. You can't, and I can't. But the word, the living word, as I eat this and drink this, this is the thing that makes that a reality. This is the thing, Christ, the living word coming into me through the power of the Holy Spirit, makes what I said my reality that I now live from because it's been revealed in me. Does that make sense? What we cannot do is go and try and figure out in our flesh now and try and make that happen. I have to surrender that over. I have to die to that fleshly part of me. That is the wisdom of the world, which is in me trying to operate. I have to surrender to that and go, God, I am completely and 100% dependent on you to bring me into that realm. So now I ask, seek, and knock and position myself and posture myself with a hungry heart and a thirsty to receive. But I must believe that's even for me for that to ever start being a reality. Because if I don't believe that, then guess what? It's never going to be a reality because I'm not moving towards it in the Spirit. So there's a beautiful picture, and I would encourage you to go and listen to what I just said over 
and over and over. So that picture becomes your picture. So you know what he's actually doing here and been doing here for six years now. Because you might be going today, I've never heard that. Is that what he's doing? And the thing is, guys, it's not to understand that intellectually. That's the wisdom of the world again. You have to understand. We have to receive this in the spirit, which brings understanding to the mind. If we try and tackle what I just said in our minds first, our unrenewed mind, you will go round and round a mountain and round a mountain, and you'll get frustrated and disillusioned, and you'll probably leave. Because I'm not getting it. What? Him? Yeah. Well, why is that? And that's what I want to look at today, because there are two wisdoms. There is the wisdom of the world, and it has its operating systems, and then there is the wisdom of God, and it has its operating systems. And we have to realize that the wisdom of the world lives within us. If we've received Jesus Christ, the wisdom of the Spirit lives within us as well. So we actually have two wisdoms going on inside of us. That's called flesh and spirit. And there's a battle that rages for it, isn't there? See, we say this, we're not of the world, but we're in it. Yes, but that's not fully true. The wisdom of the world lives in you and I. It's called the flesh. You're born with it. Does your flesh leave the day Jesus came and resided in your heart and mind? No. So the operating system of the world still exists, doesn't it? And what the wisdom of God is to trump the wisdom of the world. So the mind is renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit, which brings you into the wisdom of God, which means you operate from his wisdom. If that's not happening, guess what we're going to do? We're going to operate from the wisdom that's in us, which is the wisdom of the world, which is the flesh. And those two things are in complete opposition to one another, which means you will struggle to understand anything of the spirit. But you've been given the Holy Spirit, if you've received the Holy Spirit, to understand the things of the Spirit and to operate from the wisdom of God. Is that cool so far? All right, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 1.18. 1 Corinthians 1.18. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. In your own time, go read 1 to 17 for a reference. It's interesting, this, um, this church at Corinth. I'm just going to take this off. It's getting tangled up. Can you come and help me take this? They were, um, they were having all sorts of problems. Yeah, I need my wife to dress me. <laughs> She tells me what to wear all the time. <laughs> but um, Corinth was known as a, as a wicked city, and uh, it, was, it was tough. This is a new, a new church that's been built, and so they find themselves in this wicked city, and, and the, the city, what was in the culture, was permeating through the church as well. Hence, you get these divisions. You know, you get these things at the start. They're saying, are you a Paul and are you of Apollos and are you of this and are you of that? And there's all this division. No, we're supposed to be all of Jesus. We're not supposed to have these divisions because we're supposed to be one in him. But the reason we have divisions is because we're operating from the wisdom of the world, not the wisdom of the spirit, the wisdom of God. Okay. 
So what we're going to do today, I'm going to give you three, just three things today, and then over the next three weeks, we're going to break each one down. So it's one nugget, one nugget, sorry, one nugget, <laughs> one nugget uh, today, one nugget next week, and one nugget the following. Um, and then we're going to hit 1 Corinthians 2, and we'll see where we go the following time. So it says this, and Look, there's more in here than what I'm sharing today. This is this is pretty powerful. Even this one verse, if you meditated on this, could radically change your life. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of life, sorry, the cleverness of the clever, I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, listen to this, the, wis- the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who, what? Believe. Carry a conviction. Not just, oh, yeah, I believe. No, a conviction who believe. 22, for indeed Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block into the Gentiles' foolishness. We're going to look at that next week because you know what? The church also looks for signs and the church also seeks for head knowledge, not Christ, Christ crucified. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So Christ is the power of God and Christ is the wisdom of God. So think about that. If Christ is within you, and he is the power, and he is the wisdom, and he's within the church, then are we to live from that realm? We're going to look at that next week. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, Not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen. The things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are so that no man may boast before God. But by doing, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts boast in themselves, know him. So here God is painting, Paul is painting this picture. There is these two wisdoms that are operating. And that's the first 
thought, one of the three things we're going to unpack is this. There are two wisdoms in operation. This will come up behind me. The wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. The second thing next week we're going to look at is the word of the cross puts to death the wisdom of the world that's within us and births and gives us life, wisdom of the God, sorry, wisdom of God in us. So the cross, this word of the cross is going, it kills the wisdom of the flesh, the wisdom of the world. And it births his life within us. And the third thing we're going to look at in three weeks is Jesus is the wisdom of God and the power of God. So he is the wisdom of God. He is the power of God. So let's just come with me to verses 19 to 21 in 1 Corinthians. Because the point we're looking at today is just there are these two wisdoms operating. So 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. And God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. You and I cannot, we cannot come to know God through the wisdom of the world. Do you know what? We try to. We try to. Why? Because that is of the old nature of who we are. And this is what I'm going to draw up behind us. But before I do that, I had a... Who came to Ted DiBiase here? Sunday night, had an awesome time. My good buddy was here. And um, from that led to a conversation after training at the German... I was just saying, what did you think? He said, I really liked it, but there was this this bit around the thing you mentioned with homosexuals, and I just have an issue with that, and I don't, you know, I got an issue with the fact that that God views how God views that, and we started unpacking that, and really what that came to in his own heart is this whole thing that, that there's only one way to God, and and this this whole sort of thing around it being there's only one way. Certainly, there has to be way more ways to God. Than, than, than there is. You know, it's almost like exclusive. And I said, yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And as we started dialoguing, you know, I, I'm realizing and I'm trying to ask questions and I'm realizing that for my best mate to really come into this reality of the realm I'm speaking, he needs the Holy Spirit to do a work within him. Because the wisdom of the world is talking to me and the wisdom of God is in me, and they are completely opposite. And he can't hear what I'm trying to say. He is completely void of being able to hear. Why? Because the wisdom of the world lives within him still, and he has not yet asked the Spirit of God to come in. Well, the reality is that you and I can be just the same. There can be the things in God which are so deep, and Paul says this. He says, you know, I longed to share with you the deep things. He's talking to the church, but you're so dull of hearing that you can't even hear what I'm saying. In fact, you think it's dumb. And you think that I've actually come to deceive because Paul was called a deceiver by the church, by this Corinthian church. 
So he would say, you know, there's all this stuff that I have to share, but actually, you know what? You guys aren't mature enough to understand it. But it is for you, and I long. And so you see this man praying constantly, 24-7 prayers, praying that the eyes and the hearts of the body of Christ would be opened to be able to understand the deepness and the richness of what God has for us. So here's the thing. I'm just going to read this out. The wisdom of the world is an operating system. And the wisdom of God is an operating system. And both exist within his followers. But only one brings us into true knowledge. Okay? So I'm going to paint you a picture. And this part of my, this is why men aren't at the creative thing next week. <laughs> I should say this man anyway. So here you have the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. Which one sounds better? Whoa, it sounds so good, doesn't it? Woohoo! We've heard that in Christian circles, haven't you? Wow. Wow. Everything was wow about three years ago. It was ridiculous. The wisdom of wow. This is worship. Wow. Let's all be led by worship. No, that's not worship. That's a guitar. The Bible says worship is something completely different. See? Wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world will tell you a whole number of things. But then you've got the wisdom of God, and, and these are two planets. Where are we all born? What planet are we born into? Here? Anyone think we're born over here? When you're, thank you, not till you're born again. Okay? So the one of this is, his name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ needs to come from the wisdom of God, his planet. You can call that heaven if you like. <laughs> heaven, call this earth. And he needs to leave his planet, his wisdom, and come here and literally rescue you and I, doesn't he? That's what Colossians says. He needs to come. He rescued us out of light or darkness? Darkness. Why? Because we are born into, and this lives within us, doesn't it? Everyone agree with this? Yeah? This is what separates you from him. So he has to come and he has to literally rescue you from the realm we're all in and birth his life within us. But that doesn't mean this completely goes away. But now what you have is you have this realm in you and this realm in you. And the only way this realm changes is through this thing called the power of revelation the Holy Spirit reveals Christ, His Word, 
in us more and more. Where? Our hearts and our minds. Because yes, the Bible says you are transformed through the renewing of your mind, but Jesus also says understanding starts in the heart of man. So we have to even grapple with that. So we all track in that. Is that clear? So there are these two operating systems. And this one has its operating system, the way it thinks, the way it lives, the decisions it makes, how it learns, how it comes to understand. And this one, the wisdom of God, the wog, also has the way it learns, the way it understands, the way it operates. They are operating systems and they operate from within you and I. That's why it's so important that our insides are healthy. Would you want to know if you were going to have a heart attack in about five hours' time because your cholesterol levels were up the roof? Would you want to know that? No? We just want to go be with Jesus. <laughs> You'd want to know, wouldn't you? Because you're having regular checkups to make sure the inner realm is healthy. Because you can go to the gym, you can look fit, you can even run and drop dead while you're running. Why? Because something's not quite right in the inner world. Because the operating system isn't healthy. Even though outside you look healthy and you look the part and you smile and you go, Wow, is everything awesome? And you play fake Christianity with plastic faces and you walk around going... And inside you are dying because the operating system that's actually operating is the wow, not the wog. Everyone's just going to remember this message for the wow and the wog. <laughs> Come with me to John 9. John 9, 1 to 3. I want to thank Mel Byer for leading us here at staff meeting into this because this gave me an, an, a, a, another scripture that just highlights this very thing. John 9, 1-3. As he passed by Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Jesus answered, It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Isn't it funny how the disciples automatically think that he must have done something wrong or someone's done something wrong to be like this? That's the wisdom of the world. Because Jesus says, what are you talking about? No one sinned. Isn't it funny how the wisdom of the world is always focused on right and wrong, not really life? As long as I'm doing the right thing, as long as I turn up to a service, as long as I'm in discipleship, as long as I come to the prayer meeting tonight, as long as I look the part and say, I'm in it. No, not necessarily at all. Because this isn't about doing, it's about becoming and being. And right here you see these disciples who were walking with Jesus, 
but operating out of the wisdom of the world. You can see that throughout the scriptures, they're trying to kill people. There's the wisdom of the world operating. So they automatically think, like the, probably the Pharisees did, oh, I didn't think we were Pharisees. Got nothing to do with a Pharisee. It's what wisdom is operating coming forth from you and I. Pharisee is a spirit. It's not a person. And it's an operating system. There are only two, flesh, spirit, spirit, Flesh, if we're not operating from the spirit, we are no different to any of these people that we give a hard time to and think we're not them because we look different. No, it's a spiritual dynamic that's coming forth. It's an operating system. So they automatically think someone must have sinned for this man to be born blind. And Jesus goes, why do you think like that? See, he walked in discipleship because he was hoping, praying, believing. As he challenged their operating system and their mindset, they would change through the power of the Spirit. Same with you and I. Exactly the same. You can put you and me in that scripture and go, well, how do we think? How do we live? Are we operating from the wisdom of the world when it comes to God? Or are we operating from the wisdom of the Spirit? Both wisdoms have their own way of thinking, being, ways of operating, learning, and understanding. Whichever wisdom we operate from is the epicenter of one's inner reality. I love that. Whichever wisdom we are operating in is the epicenter of one's inner. What did Paul say? I want truth in my innermost being. From the inner comes life of living water. So we have these two things operating in. This is the one that's to be operating in us. More and more. And more. But if all you do is try and understand this through that filter, you'll get lost. Why do you think the Bible says you must come to God like a child? See, here's what we do. And this is where people who are intelligent really struggle. Paul was incredible. Paul had incredible intelligence, but he was a dummy until he got filled with the Holy Spirit. Because he's running in the opposite direction, doing the very opposite thing that the man should have been doing. And this is why the intelligent, that's why the Bible says, I've confused the intelligent. Because the wisdom of the world will try and understand everything in this thing that God has given called the mind. (coughs) Wrong answer. Oh, but it says we all have the mind of Christ. Yes, possibly, maybe. It says that, you know, through the mind, yes, yes. But we got given a mind to love God with our mind. Yes, absolutely. That's a renewed mind through the power of the Holy Spirit, not an unrenewed one. And see, what the wisdom of the world does, it says this, I can operate in my own strength. I got a degree in astrophysics, 
It took me four years. Takes everyone else eight. See, because I'm the Pharisee of Pharisees. I'm the Hebrew of Hebrews. I've got an operating system in me that's so smart because my IQ is through the roof. And I was ducks and top of the class. Look, I'm not knocking intelligence. I'm all for it. When it is defined in a line through the Holy Spirit. If it's not, it'll get you and I in incredible trouble. And it is. Why do you think there's so much division in the church? You see, it operates from its own strength. It operates from its own wisdom. It operates from its own ability to do. What did what I just read said out of 1 Corinthians? Your wisdom is so foolish compared to mine. It doesn't even come close. You see, none of us can understand God without God. You need God in you to love God. We cannot love God the way God wants without God. God has to give himself for us to be able to. That's how messed up, and excuse me, how screwed we are. And if we don't get this, we're going to live from here. And we need to get this. It is a must if you want to come into the life that Jesus died for you and I to have. The wisdom of the world operates from flesh and blood, man's way. The wisdom of God operates from the spirit, God's way. Matthew 16, 15. I'm going to read this quickly. Matthew 16, 15. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did what? Did not reveal this to you. What is flesh and blood? Man. The wisdom of the world. Man's attempt to understand. He said, you didn't get this from flesh and blood. You didn't get it through a book. You didn't get it through someone's talking. You didn't get it. You got it directly out of where I live and my father lives heaven. And my father had to reveal this in you to you for you to understand who I am. Why do you think everyone else is going, he's a prophet, he's a teacher, he's a good guy? Because there's the wisdom of the world operating. Because he would come and he would speak and he would say things and everyone's like, Does anyone know what this guy's talking about? There's something coming out of him that we don't even understand. Can anybody help? And you see, then they got to a point where they were afraid to ask questions. You ask. No, you ask. No, you ask. I'm not asking. Who's going to ask him? I'm not asking. Oh, man, I'm not. I asked last time. He slammed me. <laughs> he loved on me, but he slammed me, man. I'm not asking. Who's going to ask? I don't know. Everyone just be quiet. So here you see it operating. My mate's going, what is the stuff you're spilling, Greg? He, he can't understand. He's got no operating system to even come close 
That's why the Bible says God must draw a man to himself. Holy Spirit does the building up of the church through the Holy Spirit's power. Not me and my giftings and all those things. The Holy Spirit must anoint all those things. I must be flowing with the Spirit. We must all flow with the Spirit. This isn't church. This is just the building we bought. So the church can come and gather and praise and worship and be here to hear the word. Not words, the word. The word and the words are completely different things. You've got to hear the word. It's the word. God's wisdom is what? Who? The words on a page? No, Christ, the word, the living, breathing word, the power of the word, the seed of the word that sets you free. As you have an ability to hear, we're going to unpack that. But you see this operating system working. Come with me to 2 Timothy 3. You're going to love this one. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 7. Two Timothy three one to seven. Remember, flesh and blood, flesh and blood, man's ways, man's operating system. Here we go from two Timothy three one. But realize this: that in the last days, difficult times will come. Are we in the last days? Good. Glad we agreed to that. So he's talking to us right now. For men will be lovers of self. Wow. We've got a whole lot to get through, and I got through one line. <laughs> you should have said wog. <laughs> For men will be lovers of self, lovers of, that's true, money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. You're listening, Maddie and Lily. <laughs> Is this being channeled through the kids? <laughs> Ungrateful, unholy, unloving. Irreconcilable, malicious, gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I'm so glad he's talking about the lost here. Aren't you? He ain't talking about me. I'm so glad he's talking about my mate, Tim. Look at the good news, Tim. Holding to a form of godliness. Oh, no. He's not talking about Tim because Tim does not know God. Holding to a form of godliness, although having what? Denied its power. But Jesus is the power. Jesus lives in us. So what am I not tapping into? Because I've got a form of it. But I've denied its power. See, there is a reality in a realm in him, him in you. We're called to be the demonstration of his life on the planet. So I love what Ted said. I've come to wrestle with you. I've come to wrestle. I used that last week. I'm going to use it again. I've come to wrestle. We've come to wrestle today. If you don't like wrestling, you might want to leave because we're into wrestling here. And we've come to a wrestle for a reality of the spirit that's to be in the church. An operating system that I live from. Because the Spirit has come. 2,000 years ago, the Spirit was poured out. The love of God has been poured out into the church. So I've got to contend and wrestle and be honest enough to go, I think I may not be in a reality that's for me because nothing can separate me, remember, 
Because God's got something for me. So no principality, no wrong thinking, no condemnation. None of that stinking thinking is going to get me from me becoming who God has called me to become because there's something in here for me and we're talking about it. And then he goes on, he says this, avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women and men. Weighed down with sins led on by various impulses. And you ready for verse seven? Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Boom. If that doesn't line you and hit you right between there, always learning, but never actually able to come into the knowledge of truth. Well, who is truth? Who is the word? So you mean, Greg, you can be studying the the words. You can be studying scripture. You can know everything back to front, upside down, and still not come into what it's really about? Yes. Why? Because I'm doing it through the wisdom of the world, which is an operating system, which is man, and I'm no different to when I became the PhD in astrophysics. I'm studying like I study that topic, and I study that topic like I study Christ, and now I'm so puffed up with pride, and I think I've arrived... Give me the medal because I've definitely got the chest to pin it on because I've been working out. Booyah. That's called dumb. That's that movie, Dumb and Dumber. But you walk around like a puffed up peacock. Let me tell you what I know. And you know nothing. Why? Because there is no power in you. There's no life in you. There's no demonstration of you. You can tell a whole lot and you've got a good talk, but you've got no gain, brother. Because this isn't about whether you know it. It's about what you can demonstrate and live out. Christianity is about the demonstration of a person's life in the church, that the manifold wisdom of God would come through the church, that a heavenly realm would be like, whoa, look at those people. Do you think there's a realm that we have to wrestle for today? Oh, that's five of us. Tag team. The agency of man cannot bring us into the wisdom of God. Only God can. Matthew 11, verses 27. All things... Listen to this. I'm going to go from 25. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent... There's your scripture reference for what I was talking about. And have revealed them to infants. Surely it's hide and seek. God plays hide and seek. Seek me with all your heart because I'm hiding. But I'm for you. But I'm hiding some things. And I've hidden them from everyone that thinks they're a smarty pants that thinks they can figure it out in their own strength, in their own ability, in their own ways, in their own operating systems. Well, we're going to have a laugh here. I reckon God sits and he goes, look, I reckon he says, Jesus, this will be fun. Watch this. Look at Greg down there. He's been round this mountain 20 times and he still hasn't learned. I reckon they have a chuckle and a laugh and I'm just creative license, probably put a fiver on it either way. Go, look at this. This will be a bit of a giggle. 
He's still not getting it, man. I sent him Simon. I sent him Mel. I sent him Clay. I sent him Paul. God help him. I sent him Chris. I sent him Sandra. I even gave him a beautiful wife. And this donkey, sheep, still ain't getting it. And he's still trying to live from his own operating system. And then he says this. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And to anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. Reveal, apocalypse, unveil, unravel, pull down and see. I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened to the knowledge of God, the hope of his calling, the inheritance that was in the saints, and the power that is found in Christ in the church. I hope and I pray that the church positions herself to receive what is for her. Because only and only the Son or the Father can reveal this realm in her. So stop chasing your lives. Stop chasing signs and wonders. Stop chasing gifts. Stop chasing and find Christ and Christ crucified because that is where the life is found and all those things are found within you and I. And while we are preoccupied with learning all the things and learning all the other things and getting caught up and entangled in words and entangled in philosophies and entangled in gossip and white women, blah, 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 talks in Timothy, There is another realm over here that is so rich and full of Christ for us all. The many sit here and the few are here. And yet, the many are supposed to be here. But as long as we operate from an operating system of the world called the wisdom of world, we'll be found entangled or asleep. The wisdom of God feeds on the tree of life. The wisdom of the world feeds on the tree of good and evil. So what tree are you feeding off? Are you someone that's pleasing God by doing? And that's where you get your, you think you please God because you do. Look at me, I'm a good boy. Hear me. I'm not saying that God doesn't call us to do things. What I'm saying is, are we in life or are we just doing stuff? Are we in the life of what he's leading us to do? There's a massive difference between keeping the commandments and being in the life of the commandment. It's the keeping of the commandment that is through the Spirit to bring you into the life of the commandment. If you're not in the life of the commandment, you're not in the position Christ wants you in. God says, I've given you these magnificent promises that you can partake of a divine life, not just take promises. I'm a good boy. I turned up on Sunday. I put money in the bucket. I went to a discipleship group. I came to the prayer meeting. I walked with this and this person. I served. He goes, yeah, but you never came into what it was really about, which was my life within you, the wisdom of God and the power of God being in you to be the demonstration. See, there's this reality in a realm that we have to fight for. 
The wisdom of the world feeds off the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The wisdom of the world is fear-centered and it's focused and is consumed with not getting it wrong. I don't want to get it wrong. So I never get out because I'm so afraid of getting it wrong. It's fear-centered. Doing the right thing and thinking this is what is pleasing to the Father rather than faith and relationship-centered. See, this is what I would have done if I'd been in the Garden of Eden, if I'd been God. When God in Genesis 2, 15 to 17, the reference, is standing, he says, Adam. So if I'm God, I would have said this. Hey, Adam, come here. See all these trees? Yep. That one over there. Don't go anywhere near it. Don't touch it. Don't eat it. Otherwise, bad stuff's going to happen. Now, by the way, there's all these awesome trees over here. Fill your boots on that. Where's man's focus going to be right there? Wet paint. Mark laughed. Have you experienced that, bro? (laughs) Now, God says this. Hey, Adam, I love my creation. I love you, son. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Faith, relationship. That one over there, just don't touch it. But you're free to eat from any tree. Live by faith. Live from relationship. Not by rules. Not by right or wrong. See, both are in the game, aren't they? But where's the focus? Where's the life? What operating system comes on? We're so afraid to get it wrong. And God's like going, you might just get it right. (laughs) You might just walk on water. Well, I might just sink. Well, you may. But are you trying to do this in your own strength or me? Because I'm calling you out. See, the wisdom of the world operates from its own strength, its own ability. Oh, my goodness, we've got five fish and two loaves and there's 15,000 people. Send them home. The math. I was never good, that good at maths, but man, I can figure out they're in trouble. <laughs> We've got a muffin, Dave, and look at all the hungry feet feeding. They're having their breakfast this morning. Operating system of the world says, send them home. Operating of heaven says, no, no, we got enough. Who was it that supplied the fish and the bread? Who? A little boy. Who are the ones sending them away? The adults. Here's three scriptures you can go look at. Colossians 3, 13 to 18. It says the wisdom of the world is demonic. Now, that doesn't mean we have demons in us. That means the operating system of the wow is from the kingdom of darkness. So when Peter, Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't saying, Peter, you have Satan in you or Peter, Peter, Satan is standing behind you. What he was saying is your thinking is from the kingdom of wow. 
because it was in relation to Jesus going to die, wasn't it? It's funny how whenever the message of death comes, we want to get repelled. No, we don't want to die. We're going to look at that next week. Christ and Christ crucified. Christ crucified is a message of death and life. Okay? Colossians 3, 13, 18. Romans 8, 5 to 8. Romans 8, 5 to 8. And Galatians 5, 16 to 17. That all talks about the flesh, the wisdom of the world, being an absolute opposition to the wisdom of God. Opposition. Do you realize that you can be in opposition to God? You and I can actually oppose God and God's ways. And you can never even know it. Hard attitudes, thinking. How many people have said this? My God wouldn't do that. My God. How do you know your God is the God and not your version of him? Because how did you get your knowledge of God? Was it through revelation or was it through your own ability to understand the scriptures? See, Jesus said this to the intellect. He said, you guys, you search the scriptures because you think in the scriptures you're going to find life, but you fail to come to me to have life. They were the men of the scriptures and they failed to come to the word if you don't think that can be you and I then we're in some serious serious pride and trouble we have to know the true state of our heart and our mind you have to if you don't know the true state of where you're at you're lost because you'll be believing something that might not even be a reality. We watched the movie last night from the series. It's just a movie we're given by friends called um, Left Behind. And it's got Nicolas Cage in it. It's quite a good movie. It's quite well done. And the thing that hit me was the tension between Nicolas Cage's wife knowing that Christ was returning and the husband and the daughter not having a clue, and then it happened. And panic hits the earth. Because people literally, it was quite well done, the, 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 the daughter's hugging the son who's about eight, she's about 20, and she's just giving him a hug, and he just disappears. And his clothes, she's holding onto his clothes. And chaos and mayhem happen all, all over the place. And Nicolas Cage is flying a plane at the time, and Half the, half the plane just disappear, and of course people are, where'd my children go? What happened? There's panic. But the thing was this, there was a reality that the mum knew was going to happen. And the other people were completely oblivious to it. And yet it happened. You see, you can, we can live in a false fantasy realm of Christianity, and we think we're all that, and we're not it at all, compared to the true reality in Christ. But you can spend your whole Christian walk and what you think is reality is actually a fantasy. And that's what this movie was about. People were living in their worlds thinking it was reality 
You hear what I'm saying? It was reality, but it's not the real reality because the real reality happened and a whole lot of people disappeared. At the moment, that's my good buddy and I'm over here. I hope more and more because I'm humble to understand I'm not an all. And I want to continue to be looking at my own life and going, God, I want more, there's more, there's no limit in the Holy Spirit. But we can be just as guilty as the church as a lost world and be living in a fantasy world and yet there's this other reality that was bought and paid for for us. We will never come into the life of what God is doing here if we approach it by the wisdom of the world's operating system. And this is why the word of the cross plays a critical and essential part in our lives as his followers because it's the word of the cross that propels us into the wisdom of God. That's what we're going to look at next week. Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that we can come together and we can sing, pray, speak. And I pray, Father, that we would have the ability to hear what the Spirit says. Give us your ability to hear in the Spirit so faith is produced and birthed within us, not fear. I pray faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. I pray, God, we would have the ability to hear the word so faith is produced and formed in us that we can live from faith. I thank you, Father, for this incredible, powerful work you're doing in and through us here as a people. I pray, Lord, we would lay our lives down more and more to ask, seek, and knock on heaven's door and ask you to reveal more of who you are within us. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.